The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at WrestlingWithJonas.com. And hello again, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of This Week in History. This week, we're going to look at the week of April 15th to the 21st. There is a ton of title changes that happen. Uh, doesn't help that there was, well, a lot of pay-per-views uh, that went on uh, during this, but not so many that it's just a lot of title changes. It actually looks like um, we got our spotlights going on with uh, Robert and Rick Rude and Bruce Burr Beefcake. Well, thank you for joining us, whether it's on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcast from, or if you're watching on Rumble, YouTube, or Facebook. We appreciate your support and encourage you to be interactive with us. Reach out to us at our Facebook page. DM us anytime. I'm quick to respond. We also have the Predictions League and uh, a lot of other things going on. Email us, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. And I'm refreshing the website, which is scumbagswrestling.ca. So a lot of ways you can get in touch with us. And we also wanted to welcome our other sponsor, not just CoolBet, but Hammerlock Pure Wrestling. It is a local Ontario uh, independent wrestling organization, and we are bringing back the golden age of pro wrestling this Saturday, April 23rd at the Portuguese Club in Strathroy, Ontario. Tickets are just $20 for every seat in the house, and you won't be disappointed. Some great action. Doors open at 6, bell time at 7. I'll be there uh, running the uh, bell time and uh, music, doing a little bit more later on. Uh, as the hammerlock grows, but that'll come up later on. So I want to welcome those uh, of our sponsors with Hammerlock along with CoolBet. And, of course, we're part of the Genres Network. Now, we can't do history without going over to Niagara Falls and meeting up with Jonesy. How are you, sir? I am doing great. I always enjoy rating the Internet for the latest in history. Yeah, it's kind of more fun right now just looking back at history than uh, looking at the current uh, product. Um, You know, regardless of being a WWE fan or AEW fan, everybody has their good side and bad side, and sometimes it's just struggle to get through any of it. And when right now you can get up to three, six, uh, probably about – 12 hours of wrestling per week uh, with everything going on, including NXT and NXT level up, SmackDown, Raw, yet AEW with all their internet shows and uh, yeah, Dynamite and Rebellion. And, yeah, I and, heard um, Booker T giving Dark a little bit of a knock saying that uh, he, he, he would, uh, that that that's for the lower card guys or whatever, and that he would never do that. And it's like, but it's TV time. Even if it's yeah. YouTube, it's YouTube TV time. It's it's precious. And in in fact, dark again, like I've said many times, it reminds me of whether it's the old Saturday night or whatever. Yeah, the matches don't really mean anything, but they're decent matches and there's not a lot of yickety yak. That's what I like about it. That's why I watch it because I don't care about most of the storylines. And the upside is also they need that extra ring time that they're not getting because AEW is not on the road and they're not doing house shows like WWE and everybody else are. So as long as they can provide some ring time by doing dark and dark elevation, Gotta go with it. I think yeah. uh, I saw that they're actually in a studio like uh, WCW used to in Orlando. Oh yes, yeah, sure. yeah. They're uh, they're actually. I think I could be wrong, but I think it's the same damn studio. Yeah, it could be. Uh, they have a lot of the same uh, production people that yeah. were working for WCW, working for AEW. Even twenty years later, they're still in the business. But we are talking about history and not current stuff. So let's but that will become history. Because you know one thing that why they 
create all that content as well is because they're fairly new. They need a lot of content so they can do stuff like the WWE does, which is have a library and stuff that they can feed off of, which is beyond they don't and, have a lot of yet. And beyond streaming service. All right. So let's kick off with some headlines. There isn't many. Okay, uh, headlines. Uh, 26 years ago, April 15th, 1996, Brian Pillman fell asleep at the wheel and hit a tree trunk. Uh, his Hummer H1 would flip and cause severe damage to his ankle. Uh, doctors would fuse his ankle in a locked position and two months later would become the first man to sign a guaranteed deal with the WWE. Yeah, it might come back a little too soon, but who knows? Hey, he's entertaining on the microphone. Oh, exactly. 13 years ago, April 16th, 2009, WWE reboots superstars for WGN America. The show would feature a match for each brand. The first episode saw from SmackDown, The Undertaker defeated Matt Hardy. Um, from ECW, Christian defeated Finley. And over on Raw... That match was Cody Rhodes defeats Shane McMahon by DQ. Uh, the show ended in November of 2016 after 398 episodes. Uh, and it also started on WGN-TV, then went to Hulu, then to the WWE Network where it died. And fans of ours would recognize the logo for Superstars as what we did as a parody for the scumbags of wrestling uh, logo <gasps> even has the stars. I just replaced one star with a uh, maple leaf just to make it. That's right. Convenient. That's how you create a new logo. That's right. Uh, 22 years ago, April 17th, 2000 on raw from Pennsylvania, Chris Jericho defeated triple H to win the WWF championship due to a fast count by the second referee as the original ref was bumped during the match. The decision, however, would be reversed as long as Triple H promises not to beat up the refs anymore. So Triple H then fires Earl and beats the tur out of him. Sounds about right. Ah, Earl deserves it. 40 years ago, April 18th, 1982, in Minnesota, Hulk Hogan defeated Nick Bockwinkle to win the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. But wait. AWA President Stanley Blackburn overturns the decision six days later, saying both men used illegal objects in the match. 22 years ago, April 18th, 2000, at a SmackDown taping in Philly, for the first time officially and sanctioned, a WWF champion would face the ECW champion. Triple H would defeat Taz in a non-title match. Yeah, and that was, I think, leading up to uh, Taz eventually just dropping the ECW title to uh, Tommy Dreamer with that whole debacle involving uh, Mike Awesome that we've talked about a few times. Yes. Uh, 15 years ago, April 18th, 2007, WWE ends its developmental relationship with Deep South Wrestling. The promotion out of Georgia helped produce some uh, future stars like Mike the Miz, Mizian, Roughhouse O'Reilly, uh, Connor in the WWE, and Austin Creed, a.k.a. Xavier Woods. The owner of DSW, Jody Hamilton, a.k.a. Assassin Number 1, would sue the WWE, citing interference due to a 90-day uh, notice of end of contract and for the allegations of then-WWE Executive Vice President of Talent Relations, John Laryngitis, saying that anyone who continued to work for Hamilton or DSW would never again work in the wrestling industry. Both sides would settle the lawsuit before it went to trial. And a very young Kenny Omega was a part of DSW uh, in the little bit of time that he was somewhat under a WD contract and then departing and uh, making it big over in Japan and everywhere else internationally. Yeah. Uh, do, do, do. Uh, nine years ago, April 18th, 2013, WWE announces that they were creating a performance center, a place where future WWE talent can develop, and not just wrestlers, but production staff as well, and they needed a place to hang a really nice ceiling fan. 
Yeah, slept ceiling fan, which was infamous in WrestleMania uh, 36 in the empty performance center. It was the only the fan in fan. the uh, 18 years ago, April 19th, 2004, on Raw from Calgary. In the opening match, we would see the debut of Travis Tom uh, Tomko, a.k.a. Ty- uh, Tyson Tomko, assisted Christian defeating Chris Jericho in the show's opening match. Oh, get out of there, Burp. There we go. Uh, we saw the return of William Regal, who had been out for over a year due to health issues including a previously undiagnosed heart condition that forced him to give up his half of the World Tag Team Championship. With the returning Steven Regal, there would be another debut. Regal would ask Eric Bischoff to care for his nephew, Eugene. Of course, played by Nick Diddensmore from OVW fame, Eugene was, let's say, a simple folk, whose character may have lacked mic skills but made up for it in the ring. He would mimic many of his favorite superstars in the ring, including their moves. I found him quite entertaining. Yeah, even though some people might think that the character of Eugene was a little tasteless because of him being somebody with a disability, uh, basically, I think it also somewhat highlighted that the ability of somebody, it would have maybe been better had uh, the person portraying Eugene been a person with a disability, much like the, uh, what is it, Peanut Butter Falcon uh, movie? Uh, a, uh, there's a gentleman who wants who, with a disability that wants to become a wrestler. Love the movie. Go out and see it. I'll even share it with you, I think, later on, Jonesy. But, uh, sure. yeah, the Peanut Butter Falcon, uh, if it was somebody with an actual disability instead of somebody playing it, might not have been as controversial as uh, Nick Dinsmore doing it himself. But beyond that, I thought it was a wonderful portrayal. Yes. Um, geez, I'm trying to think. Oh, he's a blind person. Okay, never mind. Um, do to do to do to do. Where the heck are we? Triple H, is that where I am? Yes. All right. Triple H would be the only raw a superstar to appear, and he opened the show. Actually, I didn't do that part. I don't think. Yeah, you have to go up and slip it. Oh, there we go. 12 years ago, April 19th, 2010, WWE presented Monday Night SmackDown. What? SmackDown, you say? Well, the Raw roster was stuck in the UK due to an erupting volcano in Iceland. So the show was with the SmackDown roster and a retired Lillian Garcia, who was brought in for one night to handle ring announcing duties. Triple H would be the only Raw superstar to appear, and he opened the show. Edge, Rey Mysterio, and Triple H uh, defeated Chris Jericho, CM Punk, and Luke Gallows. In a post-show dark match, Triple H and The Undertaker fought to a no contest. It's neat when things like that happen. You get a show that uh, wouldn't have happened. Well, they ended up having to do that uh, years later uh, when SmackDown uh, got stuck at an international tour and NXT took over. And that was a, a big boost for NXT being able to do that. And they even got themselves then into uh, Survivor Series because of uh, that uh, need to highlight them. But it worked Ooh. out really well. And when you have two different or now three different uh, groups, if you can uh, load them on a plane and get them where they need to go, why not? Yep. Uh, do, 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 do. 24 years ago, April 21st, 1998, Scott Steiner was arrested for threatening and hitting an Atlanta Department of Transportation worker twice with his truck after not being allowed uh, down a closed street. The following March, he would receive 10 days in jail, $25,000 in fines, and 200 hours of community service. Can you imagine if you were stuck in a jail cell with him for 10 days? <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, that would just be re- really intense. <laughs> uh, now we're going to go to some sad stuff. We're going to go to deaths. 32 years ago, April 18th, 1990, Salva, uh, Salvador Guerrero Quesada, a.k.a. Lucha Libre star Gory Guerrero, died of cirrhosis of the liver due to hepatitis in El Paso, Texas. He was 69. 
Uh, born January 11th, 1921 in Ray, Arizona, to a family of migrant workers, Salvador attended school in the United States until his mother's death at age nine. Uh, he first started wrestling as Joe Morgan, but due to his bloody matches, his name would change to Gory Guerrero. He would uh, wrestle an EMLL and win his first championship in 1945. Later, he would team with El Santo as La Parisia Otomica, uh, the atomic pair, if you will. And he can also be seen in a few of Santo's films. He would also book shows for world-class championship wrestling and NWA Hollywood Wrestling. Uh, he would retire in 1980, leaving behind a legacy and a move uh, moves he invented or helped along, including the Gory Special, a back-to-back -back stretch hold, and the Camel Clutch. Of course, he and his wife had six children, sons Chavo, Mondo, Hector, and Eddie, all of whom wrestled, and daughters Maria and Linda. Once retired, Guerrero uh, sold auto insurance and became a uh, boarder for aspiring wrestlers, training them in his backyard. Yeah, with those bloody uh, fights that you'd have, uh, you kind of want to... Uh... Make sure you're, you keep your place clean if you, you're renting from them. And uh, refusing insurance uh, or looking to get a better deal, mm -hmm. just take what Gory just gives you. Uh, 22 years ago, April 20th, 1999, Richard Irwin Rude, best known to wrestling fans as Rick Rude, died of heart failure due to an overdose of medications. He was just 40 years old. Yeah, and he's uh, in our superstar spotlight uh, for the first part of the show. Oh, would you like to do the spotlight? Sure. Uh, he was born December 7th, uh, 1958 in St. Peter's, uh, Minnesota. He attended Robbinsdale High School with pro wrestlers uh, Tom Zink, Brady Boone, John Nord, Barry Darso, and close friend Kurt Hennick. He began uh, training to become a wrestler with Eddie Sharkey and debuted in Vancouver-based NWA All-Star Wrestling. He wrestled as a babyface Rick Rude, R-O-O-D, uh, for Georgia Championship Wrestling, Continental Wrestling Association out of Memphis, and Jim Crockett Promotions before returning to Memphis in 84 as Ravishing Rick Rude, now going by Rude, R-U-D-E. An overconfident, arrogant heel under the tutelage of Jimmy Hurt. He uh, feuded with Jerry Lawler and one-time tag team partner King Kong Bundy. After joining Championship Wrestling from Florida in 84, he would hold the NWA Southern Heavyweight Championship twice, the Florida version of the NWA U.S. title with Jesse, uh, tag team titles with Jesse Barr. And in eight, late 85, he joined by manager Percy Pringle, in world-class championship wrestling. He ended up winning the NWA America uh, Championship in November of 85. Rude then made his way to WWF in July of 87, the newest member of the Bobby Heenan family, which apparently he did not kind of like being part of the Heenan family, feeling that he was maybe a little bit better than that and could also cut his own promos. I don't know if there was anything personal between him and uh, Bobby at the time, but Rude uh, found himself in feuds with Jake the Snake Roberts, which we saw him uh, put Cheryl Roberts spray-painted uh, spray on his uh, trunks, and that really uh, angered things. He'd also bring in the ladies and give them a kiss, insult the men of the uh, audience, calling them uh, sweat hogs and whatever else uh, he wanted to do. But uh, he'd only end up capturing the WD uh, Intercontinental title from the Warrior in at WrestleMania 5, uh, thanks to Bobby Heenan holding down uh, Warrior's foot. And he did challenge Warrior to a steel cage match, uh, his only basic main event of a pay-per-view at SummerSlam 1990. And that was unfortunately in a losing effort. He seemed to be the one of the only few guys who could give uh, Warrior a good match. The other one, I think, would definitely be Savage because uh, Savage and Warrior at WrestleMania 7 was really good, but Rude seemed to be the only guy who really would put up with what Warrior uh, 
did and give him a good match at the same time. Uh, so he ended up uh, eventually leaving, goes to Japan uh, and works there, returns to WCW as the masked phantom, gets unmasked and has a time with Polly Dangerously's Dangerous Alliance, where he'd end up being uh, with guys like Arn Anderson, Larry Zabisco, uh, Bobby Eaton, and of course, Steve Austin, or stunning Steve Austin at the time. Uh, he had great feuds with uh, Ric Flair at Spring Stampede, and uh, he never really held the big gold or any major title, but the big gold was being uh, advertised as the international championship, so he did hold that one uh, at one point and lost it to Sting, but uh, never really NWA or WCW World Champion, never WWE uh, Champion, so he's in that group of guys who should have, but never did uh, thing. He did eventually return to WD. Um, he had to retire due to back injuries and the whole Lloyds of London uh, type insurance policies there. So he went to uh, WC ECW for a little bit, made his way to uh, WWF again as the insurance policy for DX, but jumped to WCW right after the Montreal screw job. And because WD had recorded the one episode, the same night that that played, Rick Rude showed up on Nitro, which was live. So he's the only guy who actually has been on WCW and WWF on the same night of the week. And I think on Raw, he had his beard. And when he went to uh, Nitro, because a week had already passed, he had shaved it down to just his mustache. So he had two different looks on the same night as well. Uh, but uh, he ended up, uh, let's see, where is it? He uh, made only a couple more promotion uh, appearances with uh, WCW and ECW and unfortunately uh, passed away. Um, a lot of people thought it was some uh, suicide stuff, but it was just, I believe, natural causes or just defect in his body, maybe a heart uh, defect. I don't have the exact uh, reason for his death, but uh, he was definitely... Uh, at the beginning, uh, the reason was uh, heart failure due to an overdose of medications. Yeah, uh, I think that got debunked a slight bit. Uh, I was uh, listening to one of uh, Conrad Thompson's uh, podcasts, and I think it was with Eric Bischoff, because Eric Bischoff was kind of close with him. But still, 40 years old to imagine uh, passing away, leaving a family and children. He did eventually get uh, inducted into WD Hall of Fame in 2017. Jesse the Body Award, which was part of his uh, feud with the Warrior. But yeah, great talent, gone too soon. Absolutely. And we'll go from that sad stuff over to some big events. <clears throat> 31 years ago, April 15th, 1991, WWE tapes the 29th and final edition of Saturday Night's main event on NBC until 2006. Uh, three of the matches, The Ultimate Warrior defeated Surgeon Slaughter by DQ. Ted DiBiase and Bret Hart fought to a double countout. And Mr. Perfect last eliminated Greg Valentine to win a 20-man battle royal. I actually watched this uh, the last night, and it was kind of odd that because this was after WrestleMania Seven, and so they were still talking about the whole slaughter, slaughter and Hogan stuff from that. But Savage was on commentary, almost supporting Slaughter, even though it's uh, WrestleMania Seven. We knew that he turned face, but I guess because uh, Slaughter was going against Warrior, that kind of excused Savage for supporting Slaughter because mm. Warrior ended his career. But it was kind of a odd situation to see Savage rooting for the heel when he had just turned face himself. Uh, 20 years ago, April 15th, 1995, ECW presented Hostile City Showdown from the ECW Arena in Philly. Axel Rotten defeated Ian Rotten in a barbed wire baseball bat, uh, bat match. And Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko fought to a 30-minute time limit draw for the ECW World TV belt. 
The same man defeated Shane Douglas to win the ECW Heavyweight Championship. The match would end uh, with the help of woman turning on Douglas. Douglas would put on a raw t-shirt and leave through the crowd on his way to a disappointing run in the WWF. 911 defeated Ron Simmons and Cactus Jack defeated Terry Funk. 15 years ago, April 15, 2007, TNA presented Lockdown, where every match is a steel cage match. 10 years ago, April 15, 2012, TNA, yes, you guessed it, presented another Lockdown. Uh, Team Garrett, uh, which included AJ Styles, Austin Aries, Garrick Bischoff, Mr. Anderson. Anderson. Thank you. And Rob Van Dam uh, defeated Team Eric Bischoff, Bully, oh geez, Bully Ray, Christopher Daniels, Eric Bischoff, Gunner, and Kazarian. In a lethal lockdown match um, with the loss, Eric Bischoff was banished from TNA. Thanks to his own son. Uh, Eric Young and ODB uh, defeated Rosita and Sarita to retain the TNA Knockouts Tag Team Championship belts. And Bobby Roode defeated James Storm to retain the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. And I remember that uh, feud, a good feud between two uh, former tag team partners. 28 years ago, April 16th, 1994, New Japan Pro Wrestling hosted the first ever Super J Cup from Sumo Hall in Tokyo, Japan. The show is considered by many one of the greatest wrestling events of all time. The event was the brainchild of Jushin Thunder Liger, and the tournament uh, brought the best junior heavyweights from all over the world. The final match would see Wild Pegasus defeat the great Suzuki to win the Super J Cup. 22 years ago, April 16th, 2000, WCW presented Spring Stampede 2000. This tournament show was to decide the new champions because of the previous Nitro stripping everyone of their belts and starting over. Yay. Uh, a lot of the uh, matching would pit the Millionaires Club members versus the New Blood. Uh, we'll run down the list for the new champions in our title portion of the show. 28 years ago, April 17th, 1994, WCW presented Spring Stampede from the Rosemount Horizon. Uh, Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat fought to a double pin draw for the WCW World Heavyweight Belt. This hum, uh, somehow in WCW land meant the draw ca- uh, caused there to be no champion and it was vacated. Yeah, that was strange. Yeah, really weird rules going on there. Um, I don't know. And next week, yeah, I believe there's a uh, match with uh, Steamboat and Flair for the title that was on Saturday night, and I watched it, and wow, it was bad. It was what, bad? It was bad. Really? Yeah, probably better without the uh, commentary and everything on because the uh, crowd just was so dead. It was a bunch of... uh, School children in the uh, one side of the, yeah. Uh, 18 years ago, April 18th, 2004, WWE presented Backlash, The Final Encounter. 12 years ago, April 18th, 2010, TNA presented Lockdown, 2010 from Missouri. Uh, 24 years ago, April 19th, 1998, had WCW presenting Spring Stampede 98. 13 years ago, April 19th, 2009, TNA presented Lockdown from Philly. Uh, And remember, all matches, of course, in a steel cage. 36 years ago, April 20th, 1986, AWA presented what would be their final stadium show, WrestleRock 86. Uh, Colonel the Beers defeated Wahoo McDaniel by DQ. Buddy Rose uh, and uh, Doug Summers defeated the Midnight Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Gennetti, of course. Search and Slaughter defeated Kamala by DQ to retain the AWA America's Championship. Scott Hall and Kurt Henning defeated the Long Riders, Bill and Scott Irwin, to retain the AWA World Tag Team Belts. 
Greg Gagne and Superfly Snuka defeated Bruiser Brody and John Nord in a steel cage match. And Vern Gagne defeated Sheik Adan L. Casey in a steel cage match. As people remember, General Adnan. Yes. Uh, also, another thing to point out on that uh, for fans, go and Google the Russell Rock uh, song. There are the superstars of uh, the AWA or stars of the AWA uh, doing a little ditty for this. Uh, it's it's kind of a train wreck, but and you can't look away. So enjoy. Oh, yeah, that old stuff's fun. 26 years ago, April 20th, 1996, ECW presented Hostile City Showdown from Philly. This is the show where Kamona Wanalea is revealed to be the person Bula McGillicuddy was having a sexual relationship behind the back of Tommy Dreamer and Raven. Dreamer's reaction was, I'll take them both. I'm hardcore. And the main event saw Raven defeat Shane Douglas to retain the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. 25 years ago, April 20th, 1997, WWF presented in your house 14, Revenge of the Taker. 20 years ago, April 29th, 2002, WWF presented Backlash. And 14 years ago, April 21st, 2008, WWE presented King of the Ring Raw Edition. In the final, William Regal defeated CM Punk to win the King of the Ring Tournament. All hail King Regal. No, I will not hail him. Uh, title changes, April 15th, 1995. The Sandman defeated Shane Douglas to win the ECW Heavyweight Championship. The match would end with the help of woman turning on Douglas. Douglas would put on a raw t-shirt and leave through the crowd on his way to a disappointing run in WWE as Dean Douglas. A lot of people did that. Went to either WWE or WCW and never recovered. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yep, Dean Douglas kind of did recover because he uh, uh, then went back to ECW, I believe, and uh, did well. And he also went on to, didn't he go back to WCW at that time as well? Yeah, he also went back to WCW uh, before it closed and was part he of He definitely that. had a better career over in WCW. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the click didn't uh, like Shane too much, so that was kind of a hindrance on his WWE career. Bastards. 21 years ago, April 15, 2001, uh, Mitsuhura, uh, there we go, Misawa, uh, defeated Yoshiro Takayama to become the pro wrestling NOAA's first GHC heavyweight champion. 20 years ago, April 15, 2002, on Raw, Raven defeated Bully, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley to win the WWF Hardcore Championship, only to lose it to Tommy Dreamer. Then he lost it to Stephen Richards, who then lost it to Bubba Ray Dudley. Uh, April 15, 2007, Team 3D, Brother, Brother Devon and Brother Ray defeated the Latin American Exchange, Hernandez, and Homicide in an electrified steel cage match to win the TNA World Tag Team Championship. I, I don't think the CSA will allow those anymore. Yeah, probably not. And then uh, I think that might have been one of their first uh, uh, TNA titles, so... That made them uh, former WCW, but there was WWE version of uh, tag team uh, titles. There was the WWF, ECW, and now TNA. Plus, I think they won in Japan. So they were definitely making themselves a modern-day version of uh, the uh, Road Warriors for the uh, best tag team ever, winning all the titles everywhere. I think right oh, yeah, now. And they, and they were... They were a different team than uh, World Warriors as far as, I don't know which one had more talent as, as far as in-ring talent. I mean, a lot of people would say the Road Warriors, but they didn't, they had, a like a set, they had a set move set and that was it. Um, where yeah, the today, were able to brawl and also were able to wrestle when they needed to. In today, you would uh, look at a team like FTR as uh, somewhat the equivalent, but 
more the technical side, obviously, but they've won the NXT, Raw, SmackDown, ROH, TNA, AEW, and uh, AAA tag team uh, titles already. So they're they're at six. Yeah. If they just go over to uh, Impact, they could possibly pick up those belts, and uh, that couldn't be up there with the greatest tag teams of all time. Yeah, uh, winning uh, wherever they go. Uh, nine years ago, April 15, 2013, on Raw from Greenville, South Carolina, Kofi Kingston defeated Antonio Cesaro to win the WWE United States Championship. The win ends Cesaro's 239-day run as U.S. champ, at the same time the longest of the decade and the longest since Shelton Benjamin's 240-day uh, run spanning parts of 2008 and nine. 21 years ago, April 16th, 2001, on Raw from Knoxville, Triple H defeated Jeff Hardy to win the WWF IC belt. And as promised, uh, looking at everything that happened with the WCW reboot that happened on April 16th, 2000, we saw a new U.S. Uh, champion in Scott Steiner. Tag team champions were crowned in Buff Bagwell and Shane Douglas. The hardcore title went to Terry Funk. The Cruiserweight Championship went to Chris Candido, and the World Heavyweight Championship went to Jeff Jarrett, thanks to being really good friends with Vince Russo. So the millionaire guys picked up a lot of gold compared to the uh, new blood that they were trying to establish. Way to hold down the new talent. Do, do, do. All right, where are we now? 19 years ago, uh, April oh, 2003. At an NWA TNA weekly pay-per-view taping in Nashville, Jerry Lynn and the Amazing Red defeated uh, Triple X, consisted of Christopher Daniels and Alex Skipper to win the NWA World Tag Team belt. 15 years ago, April 16, 2007, on Raw from Italy, Anthony Carelli makes his WWE debut. The Intercontinental Championship would change hands as handpicked from the crowd by Vince McMahon, a wrestling fan named Santino Morella, with the help uh, from Bobby Lashley as it was a no-DQ match, upsets Umanga and is the new WWE Intercontinental Champ. Santino Morella name is known as an homage to the late Gino Morella, best known as WWE Hall of Famer Gorilla Monsoon. His daughter Bianca has recently signed with the WWE, making her a second-generation superstar. And I really didn't follow up on that to see where she is now. So Yeah, she just got signed to a developmental deal and is uh, going to be uh, eventually appearing on NXT. She did do some training here in London with uh, Tyson Dukes. Nice. At one point at uh, Tyson's uh, Russell Factory when he was running that. And uh, Anthony Corelli himself um, opened up Battle Arts uh, Academy in Mississauga and uh, is a big influence on the uh, training of uh, future wrestlers in the uh, GTA area. They're even opening up another Battle Arts. Uh, he's only now part uh, partner with uh, Battle Arts now. They sold it off uh originally to um, AC Coca uh, with Hamilton Wrestling uh, Entertainment, but mm -hmm. they're working together in partnership uh, to uh, develop the new uh, breeds. His original intention was to uh, somewhat retire and uh, live in the Bruce Peninsula, uh, closer to Port Moray, and just take it easy. But the wrestling bug is still there. So he still pops up every once in a while in the indie scene in Ontario. I think he was just recently also at a uh, Impact Wrestling uh, taping. So he's still around, even though the human side of him wants to be retired and relaxing, but the wrestler side of him just can't put that itch away. Uh, 30 years ago, April 17th, 1992, uh, Stan Hansen defeated Misura Hara Masawa to win the All Japan Pro Wrestling Champions Carnival. 
And I'm just going to go back up one. 38 years ago, April 17th, 1984, in Allentown, Pennsylvania, uh, the North-South Connection, Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch defeated Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. April 17th, 1994, Sting uh, defeated Rick Rude to win the WCW International World Heavyweight Championship. 23 years ago, April 17, 1999, in Buffalo, Devon Dudley defeated Rob Van Dam to win the ECW World Tag Team Belts for his team, the Dudley Boys. Yeah, interesting uh, that a singles match results in a tag team title uh, exchange. Hmm. Weird. Weird. Uh, 23 years ago, April 17th, 1999, in Buffalo, Devon Dudley defeated Rob Van Dam. Did I just read that? Yeah. Oh, I did. Wow. That's okay. awesome. April 17th, 2000, Scotty Tuhani defeated Dean Malenko to win the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship. 21 years ago, April 17th, 2001, at a SmackDown taping in Nashville, Rhino defeated Kane to win the WWF Hardcore Belt. Then later in the show, Kane and Undertaker defeated Edge and Christian in a no-DQ match in the show's main event to win the WWF Tag Belts. I think that was a better trade-off. The hardcore Absolutely. title for the tag team titles with your brother. Yeah. I'd rather that. 15 years ago, April 17, 2007, at a SmackDown taping in Italy, Deuce and Domino defeated Paul London and Brian Kendrick to win the WWE Tag Team Championship. I like Deuce and Domino. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Unfortunately, they didn't last long. No. Oh. 17 years ago, April 18, 2005, at a Raw SmackDown Super Show, taping in New York City, Eminem, Joey Mercury, and Johnny Nitro defeated Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio to win the WWE Tag Team Championship. April 18, 2010, the beautiful people, Madison Rain and Velvet Sky, defeated Angelina Love and Tara. Madison Rain picks up the TNA Knockouts belt as she got the winning pin. Another crazy rules match. <clears throat> yeah, crazy rules. 42 years ago, April 19th, 1980, in Greensboro, Ric Flair defeated Jimmy Stucker to win the NWA Mid-Atlantic U.S. States Heavyweight Championship. And he looks like a hippie in that picture. Where's that picture? Right beside Madison. Oh, Rain. yeah, he does. I like went right by it. I'm like, that doesn't look like a where they took Flair's face and schmucked it on like someone else. Yeah, no, that's him. And the gut on him, too. I was going to say that looks like more close to like Adrian Adonis or something. Anyways, yeah. uh, let's see. I'm at the Road Warriors, I think. 36 years ago, April 19th, 1986, in New Orleans, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, defeated Magnum TA and Ron Garvin in a tournament final to win the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup Tag Team Tournament. 35 years ago, April 19th, 1983, in Muskogee, Oklahoma, Big Bubba Rogers defeated One Man Gang to win the Universal Wrestling Federation World Heavyweight Championship. That's right, folks. The Twin Towers. Uh, let's see. Also on that card. Oh, no. No, it's not the same card. It's the same day. Anyways, April 19th, 1998, Raven defeated Diamond Dallas Page in a Raven's Rules match to win the WCW U.S. belt. April 19th, 1998, Randy Savage defeated Sting in a no-DQ match to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. 23 years ago, April 19th, 1999, on Nitro from Gainesville, Florida, Psychosis defeated Rey Mysterio Jr., Juventud Guerrera, and Blitzkrieg in a four-way match to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Don't really remember Blitzkrieg. Yeah, he really didn't last long. I'm trying to remember him myself. I'm not sure if that's the one that 
Uh, Dean Malenko replaced one time uh, to trick Chris Jericho, or if it was a different one that he. No, that was an um, God the that the the orangey skeleton kind of looking lucha yeah. costume. I just can't remember the name. Anyway, twenty years ago, April nineteenth, two thousand and two, in Dayton, Ohio, Colt Gamana defeated Sicope C- or something. I think is the name of that. Okay, right back on what we're doing. Uh, Colt Cabana defeated CM Punk and Eddie Guerrero in a three-way match to win the IWA Mid-South Heavyweight Championship. April 19, 2004, Chris Benoit, the reigning world champ, and Edge defeated Ric Flair and Batista to win the World Tag Team Championship. April 19, 2009, Mick Foley defeated Sting to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Really, that happened? God. Yeah. How terrible is that? Rematch from WCW. Ugh. Why? Anyway. 12 years ago, April 19, 2010, on TNA Impact from Universal Orlando, uh, Rob Van Dam defeated AJ Styles to win the TNA World Heavyweight Belt. April 20th, 1998, just one night after Savage won the WCW Gold from Sting at Spring Stampede, Hulk Hogan would win the title from Savage when Bret Hart takes out Nash and puts Hogan on top of Savage. And Goldberg defeated Raven to win the WCW United States Championship. Hot potato titles. Forty-nine years ago, April 21st, 1973, uh, Giant Baba defeated Mark Levin to win the first ever All Japan Pro Wrestling Champion Carnival. Huh. I think I was a baby when that happened. The promoter wins his own tournament. Ah, Giant Baba can do it. Yep. Uh, 42 years ago, April 21st, 1980, Ken Patera defeated Pat Patterson to win the WWF IC belt. 38 years ago, uh, April 21st, 1984, in Greensboro, uh, Ricky Steamboat defeated Dick Slater to win the NWA United States Championship. Just about three more to go, and then we're on to the Monday Night Wars. April 21st, 2002, Ted Jiri defeated Billy Kinman to win the WWF Cruiserweight Championship. Also, Eddie Guerrero defeated Rob Van Dam to win the WWF IC belt. And Hulk Hogan defeated Triple H to win the undisputed WWF Championship. Eh, that shouldn't have happened, but hey. Eh. Yeah, Hulkamania was running wild thanks to everybody in Toronto from WrestleMania. It sure was. Hey, good for Hogan, but you know, that shows you know, Triple H. Uh, he 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 laid down, man. Eighteen years ago, April twenty first, two thousand and four, at a NWA TNA pay per view taping in Nashville, AJ Styles defeated Jeff Jarrett to win the NWA World Heavyweight Champ at Backlash or something. I don't know what the hell that is, man. Uh, Six years ago, April 21st, 2016, at an NXT house show, Samoa Joe defeated Finn Balor to win the NXT championship. There we go. And we'll uh, do a quick look at Monday Night Wars. Actually, this was a week where not much happened uh, significantly. On WCW, uh, they were in the uh, World Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, some of the matches included Conan defeating Chris Adams in three minutes and 36 seconds. A singles match with Barbarian uh, defeating Wayne Bloom. The World uh, Cruiserweight uh, title was online, and Chris Jericho defeated Hubertu Guerrera to retain in three minutes and 42 seconds. The WCW United States uh, title was online with Goldberg defeating Raven to win the title in four minutes and 57 seconds. Raven must have just ran around or something for it to last that long against Goldberg. A singles match had Leparka defeating Ultimate Dragon in just under five minutes. Kurt, Chris Benoit defeated Kurt Hennig by disqualification, and Kurt had Rick Rude in his corner in just over two and a half minutes. Van Hammer defeated Saturn, in, uh, or sorry, Van Hammer and Saturn went to a double countout 
in four minutes and seven seconds. Pretty bad when neither of them can pick up a win. Tag team uh, match saw Buff Bagwell and Scott Steiner beating the public enemy in seven minutes and ten seconds. This definitely was a three-hour uh, nitro with the WCW World title um, TV title match having Booker T retaining against Psychosis in seven minutes and 52 seconds. Lex Luger defeated Brian Adams in just under five minutes. And the main event saw the World Heavyweight title Hollywood Hulk Hogan defeating Randy Savage in 15 minutes and 36 seconds to become your new WCW champion. Over on Raw. All right. Over on Raw, the WWF's Raw took place on April 14th, 98 at the Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, New York. Uh, we saw Farouk defeat Kama Mustafa in a Long Island street fight, which was six minutes. Dan Severn with Jim Crockett, uh, Crockett. Jim Cornette um, defeated Mosh with Thrasher by his side in under three minutes. Bradshaw defeated, oh, pardon me, Tafkud Goldust. I don't remember this. The artist, the artist formerly known as Goldust. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, by DQ in just under five. Uh, Terry Funk and Two Cold Scorpio defeated the Midnight Express, Bobdacious Bart, and Bombasket Bart with Dan Severn and Jim Cornette in about seven minutes. Kind of weird pairing of Terry Funk and Two Cold, but hey. They were the fun. I guess it goes back to their ECW days, maybe. Maybe. Uh, D-Generation X, Billy Gunn, The Road Dog, and Triple H with China in X-Pac defeated LOD 2000. Raw Warrior Animal and Road Warrior Hawk and Owen Hart with Sonny in a six-man tag team match in a little over 11 minutes. Dude Love defeated Steve Blackman in just under four. And the dark match was Farouk, Steve Austin, and Terry Funk defeating the New Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn, and the Road Dog, and The Rock in a six-man tag team match, which was about just over six minutes. And that was your dark match. Well, I will say, uh, WCW did have uh, some maybe better matches, uh, longer for sure. But when you're filling three hours and you get a couple title changes, I don't understand why they were uh, losing. Because uh, the tide had started turning uh, with WD uh, advancing, but that was a lot due to Hogan, uh, sorry, Austin and McMahon. And their feud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that week would go to Nitro, even though they didn't win. <laughs> yeah. well, let's go to birthday time. Get your cake and ice cream. April 15th, happy 44th birthday to Daniel Healy Sowell Jr., a.k.a. Austin Aries. Aries is a TNA Triple Crown champion, a two-time ROH champ, and an ROH World Tag Team champion. On April 16th, George Animal Steel uh, would have turned 85. He was born way back in 1937. Also on that same date, April 16th, Vicky Guerrero turns 54. Paul London turns 42. And Maya Yim also known as Jade, turns 33. And on April 17th, everyone's favorite criminal, Nails, who turned 64. Formerly wrestled as Kevin Kelly in uh, the AWA and was uh, managed by Medusa and totally different uh, look to him uh, mm -hmm. compared to being Nails. And of course, he ended up, uh, I almost put him in a spotlight just for the fact of talking about him, but uh, after uh, controversial leaving WWE, went to uh, WCW as the convict, and then I uh, was somewhere else as Nails, but without the uh, Z, it was the S. It is Ooh, the proper spelling. Yes. Uh, and April 17th would have been the 68th birthday of Roderick George Toombs, a.k.a. the hot Scott Rowdy Rowdy Piper, Canadian by birth and Scottish by, Scottish by blood. Uh, the accumulated He accumulated over 30 championships in his career, but never a world title. Uh, in April 17th, uh, Bandito turns 27. 
And we're going to move on to um, Stephen Kenneth Lombardi. Uh, if you want to do this one, John. Yeah, uh, it's not necessarily a spotlight, but uh, when you sent me the uh, rundown, it still had a lot of bottoms, and I left it because it is Steve Lombardi's 61st birthday. He's one of the best jobbers of all time. Uh, basically, he was a measuring stick in w, uh, WF that if you can get uh, past Lombardi and his seal of approval, you could advance up the card. But he was uh, known mainly as the Brooklyn Brawler when he actually got his first real character. Um, but he also played a bunch of other guys. He's from Brooklyn, New York. Actually studied uh, biochemistry at St. Francis College before uh, turning to pro wrestling. Lombardi uh, then debuted in WWF, becoming a regular enhancement superstar, and occasionally even having small streaks of winning amongst uh, all of the losers. Uh, his first win would be over Mad Dog Vachon in Long Island, New York, about a year into his tenure. In January of 98, Lombardi uh, would begin his most famous gimmick, the street fighting Brooklyn brawler who wore uh, shitty jeans and uh, torn New York uh, Yankee shirt and was briefly managed by Bobby Heenan uh, during the time Heenan was feuding with the Red Rooster, Terry Taylor. In 93, he would do uh, some short-lived gimmicks, uh, such as the former baseball pro MVP. And that was during uh, the baseball lockout strike, so they uh, were mocking that and had him do that. He was a replacement for Doink the Clown a few times, and of course, on and off as Kimchi uh, when Kamala needed a handler. Uh, for his job. In 94, uh, he was the baseball player who blamed uh, the fans for the 94 strike, forcing him to wrestle and uh, leaving. Uh, Abe Knuckleball Schwartz was the name. Uh, Labardi would uh, then be get a big win in 94 as a brawler, winning a 20-man battle royal and match against current WWF uh, champion Shawn Michaels at MSG. Lombardi would then retire from the ring and become a road agent in early 98. Uh, just a few years ago, he did get released by WWE, but he did have a over two-decade career with WWE. Uh, so, yeah, happy 61st birthday to Steve Lombardi, the Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah, and there's a guy, hopefully one day, they will put in the Hall of Fame. Uh, April 19th uh, would have been the 88th birthday of Douglas Baker, a.k.a. Ox Baker. And he was uh, a contestant one time on The Price is Right. He was, and he um, he did win some stuff, I do believe. He was also on another game show, and I can't remember which one that was. But, yeah, uh, not... oh, man, when I get older, I am growing them damn eyebrows, I'm telling you. Yeah, he was funny one time because there was a uh, documentary that's on, uh, I think, Netflix or something, and uh, it was 360 Days or something it's called, and uh, I had to pause it one time when my wife came in and so I could talk to her, and his face was, boom, right there on the screen. She's like, what the hell is that? Because all she saw was his eyebrows and his uh, handlebar mustache. I had to explain Ox Baker. Uh, great looking uh, character. Uh, April 19th, uh, Roxy turns 42. And uh, Charlie Morgan turns 30. On April 20th, Johnny the Bull turns 45. Kurt Hawkins turns 37. And Garrick, Garrett, sorry, Bischoff turns 38. And on the 21st, Nikki Cross turns 33. And Brutus the Barber Beefcake is finally at retirement age 65. Yeah, it's weird. Some of those guys you think are older than what they uh, should be. And he is our uh, other uh, superstar that's in the spotlight. Uh, Brutus Beefcake, born April 21st, 57, turning 65 uh, today. Uh, from San Francisco, California, trained by Hulk Hogan and Ivan Koloff. Debuted in 77 as a brother to... Uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, and that's why people thought he was actually related to him. He officially retired in 2015, and we know that he had that parasailing accident that cost him uh, his career for a while in 1990, 
uh, and also never got the Intercontinental title. But he worked in WWF and WCW. People know that this guy had so many different uh, monikers, including the Barber, the Butcher, the Zodiac, the Booty Man, the Man with No Name, the Disciple, Dizzy Golden, Dizzy Hogan, Ed Boulder, the Mariner, and many more. Um, for fans that were watching, uh, I, I want to say around WrestleMania 6-ish, uh, maybe closer to WrestleMania 7, there was a guy that showed up with a uh, mask that had stars on it and a barbecue grill on his uh, chest and would attack the heels uh, like uh, Rick Martell and, of course, Earthquake and saving people. Um but then he quickly disappeared and never got a name and never uh, fought. But that was Beefcake. He's on the uh, slide here at the uh, top of the uh, multiple characters he had. And uh, I guess he was trying to get back in, but there was uh, talent who did not want to work with him, afraid that they were going to hurt him or their movesets would be limited because they didn't want to uh, do anything near his face. Of course, a couple of years later, that would change, and he'd be back in 93 when he teamed with Hogan to go against uh, Money, Inc. at WrestleMania, and he continued his career slip it from there. But he, uh, after that, was running the barbershop, and we had the most infamous barbershop edition with the Rockers uh, having the breakup and Marty Jannetty jumping through the window to save himself. Uh, he, It did kind of go to an end when Sid went nuts around WrestleMania 8 and uh, destroyed the barbershop. But, uh, yeah, he followed Hogan to WCW, did all that uh, there. Remember Dungeon of Doom and uh, the NWO. Didn't have many uh, titles to his name. Ten titles uh, from around different regional uh, things. He had the tag team titles with... uh, uh, Valentine with the uh, Dream Team and 2019 Hall of Famer. But yeah, thought we'd uh, spotlight Bruce Beefcake. He was one of my favorites uh, when I first started watching and uh, I'd give him a little bit of shine on his birthday today. So happy birthday, Beefcake. He's one of those guys you just uh, look, uh, you're in the Ontario area and probably uh, other places but i noticed in ontario he usually pops up in niagara falls once or twice a year at a bar um it's advertising blah 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 and um he Comic does a lot of that stuff yeah yep and i believe at one point he was working a turnstile uh toll booth at a uh, uh subway station in the united states where he was living so i'm not sure which city but one time he was working in a subway station Yep, and unfortunately, sometimes, you know, your career reaches a peak. You got to pay the bills somehow. Yep, but hey, he's he's still going, and with Twitter and internet and all that stuff nowadays, he, he I'm sure he's making an okay living uh, um, just selling his past. Yep, and that concludes and our episode. That is it. Uh, for this weekend, wrestling, and of course, it's always compiled by the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, KJITSeats.com, and as always, from fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. A yeah, big thank you always to our sponsor, CoolBet, CoolBet.com, and Sportsbook Betting in Casino Games. Stay cool and bet responsibly. And, and of course, thanks to all of our genres listeners. And finally, our other sponsor, Hammerlock Gear Wrestling, bringing back the golden age of pro wrestling this Saturday, April 23rd, Portuguese uh, Canadian Club of Strathroy. Tickets are just $20. Doors open at 6, bell time at 7. You're going to see myself uh, there if you want to meet up and uh, give some thoughts. But you're going to see some great wrestling action, uh, bringing back the old school style of the golden age. Uh, instead of a lot of the flippy stuff, we're going to be having more grappling uh, going on the golden age of wrestling, uh, as it says. So a lot of uh, great uh, talent from Ontario going to be there, and I believe there is at least six great matches uh, booked. Uh, we don't release the card because we'd rather you there for the action and 
be surprised by what you end up getting. There has been some talent who have announced that they're going to be at Hammerlock Pure Wrestling. So if you're following them, you'll know that they're showing up. But uh, we encourage all of our fans in the Ontario area to come on out and enjoy some great wrestling action. And if you cannot make it this Saturday, you can always go to Elmer, Ontario on May 14th for more Hammerlock Pure Wrestling action. And I think I'm actually making my announce, uh, ring announcer debut during that show. So we'll see what all happens uh, leading into that. I'll have more details probably as it gets closer. But uh, definitely keep an eye out for events in your area. And if you're not supporting uh, Hammerlock, go out and support uh, Indo Wrestling wherever you are living. Well, I hope people bring their cameras or if they're old-fashioned like me, a sketchbook, and uh, see you in the ring. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, everywhere else you get. Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, uh, visually. We are available all over the place. Facebook, DM us. We're quickly to respond. Scumbags Prediction League has uh, Impact Wrestling coming up uh, this weekend as well for predictions. And going to do WrestleMania Backlash in the uh, next couple of weeks as well. So a lot of things going on with us. Check out our website, scumbagswrestling.ca. And until next time, have a great week, and we'll see you next time with more This Week in History.